Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up, two o'clock on this Monday afternoon. Good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, Sean Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Not much, my friend. How you doing? I'm um, good. How you doing? Sorry for the crackling there. That's okay. Yeah, that's a lot of crackling right there. That's a lot of crackling. A lot of crackling. We're fine now. Everything's all right. Nothing to fear here. Uh, Once again, broadcasting live from my closet. How are you doing? How was your weekend? It was good. It was good. You know, final, uh, you know, the last time we had one more football game left. So, um, (laughs) it was fine. It was, it was not much involved in the weekend, to be honest with you. It was kind of boring. It was kind of boring. Just, yeah. just trying to, to think, what did I do? You know what? I really sucked. didn't do anything. I, really... I mean, just just say, you know what? Uh, Honestly, my weekend kind of sucked. I went to it Costco. Really yeah, but hey, that's that's uh, exciting. I got the uh, I got the the hot dog drink combo for a dollar fifty, <laughs> and then the uh, whatever that ice cream is with the syrup that could that could strip paint. That's what that stuff is. That can stri- that can strip paint off your walls. That syrup that they put on there, the chocolate flavor. No, the, syrup stri- the strawberryish one. The strawberry. Oh yes. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably eating away the lining of your stomach as we speak. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I saw some lady walking out with a jug of it. I said, "What are you using that for?" She goes, oh, "I have to strip the paint off my walls." I'm like, "Okay, it makes sense." That's what they do with the leftover syrup from those uh, those yogurt. They're, they're delicious, but yeah. I was. <laughs> Not very good for you. Yeah, Chelsea was, Costco, Chelsea was probably. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Chelsea go ahead. was getting a, a tattoo with our dog's paw print uh, on her arm. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you know, our, our dog. We, you know, had to put our dog to sleep after sixteen yeah. and a half years, and she had that dog since she was eighteen. So she was getting a tattoo. I took the kids to Costco. They like Costco because they do all the samples. So they run around the store for twenty minutes. I get a couple of things, and then yeah. we have lunch there. And I am always that I'm always thrilled. I, three lunches for fourteen bucks. Like where else can you get lunch for fourteen dollars for three people? You really can't do much better. Than, oh, I mean, maybe like in an out burger or something. It's pretty no cheap fourteen three people. We had like drinks and food and. Ice cream. It's like, oh. well, yeah. For a second there, I thought you were going to say Chelsea got her tattoo at Costco, and I'm like, they do that. <laughs> I, they do no, everything no, there. She got us. They do every, I mean, you can get your eyes fixed there. They've got an optometrist on site. They've tires. got pharmacists on site. Bring I, your car I, right through. If they, the tires. I didn't uh, realize they were doing tattoos now at Costco. That, no, that's no, a revelation a, to us all. Um, she got a paw print of Armani or our dog. Um, oh, she got the paw print right on her. She wanted to do it so badly, so she got the poor print and she was gone for a while so i was like what am i gonna do with the kids i'm like let's go to lunch at costco let's go to costco let's run go. off some nervous energy oh, yeah. and dad you can want a hot dog or a pizza for- <laughs> hot exactly. dog and eat some paint thinner for right. lunch yeah sounds fun well i tell you what a lot of what we did this weekend we watched a lot of football we watched some basketball and we kept our eye on the seemingly never-ending saga of who will be the cardinals next head coach let's weigh in on our top story of the day Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Not one, not two, not but one, three not two. new names.
named. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Yes, this is not LeBron um, doing his intro press conference with the Miami Heat. This is the Arizona Cardinals counting down the number of candidates they have to be their next head coach because not one, not two, but three names have been added to the known list in the last, oh, what would you say, Gambo, six hours, seven yeah, hours or I so? I just want to know if they'll actually hire one of these guys before the season starts. I mean, like, you get one in, like, you know, time's going fast. The season's almost over. We're going to get one in before the draft. If my list is correct, I believe that's now 11 names that have been in one form or another affiliated with the Cardinals and their coaching yeah. search. The three the three latest, Ian Rappaport reported uh, this morning and then followed up with some reporting that the Arizona Cardinals uh, were going to ask permission to talk to Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. Uh, they wanted to talk to Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. Ian then followed that up about an hour ago with a tweet that said the Cardinals plan to interview both of those gentlemen. They'll interview the Bengals' defensive coordinator on Wednesday, the Bengals' offensive coordinator on Thursday, and just when you thought you were done reading off the names, Field Yates from ESPN reported about 45 minutes ago the Cardinals will be interviewing Giants' offensive coordinator Mike Kafka for their head coaching opening. The fourth team to interview Kafka this offseason following a great first season with the Giants. The list keeps getting bigger and bigger, yeah, Rambo, bigger yeah. and bigger. The Broncos, I believe, interviewed uh, Kafka. It's an interesting name. He's done a really good job, but he's so young. He's 35 years old. You know, I think a lot of people remember him as a quarterback. But, yeah, I think, um, you know, a lot of people like him. And he's getting some head coaching interest. So that's a guy just to keep your your name on. He did a really good job for Brian Dabble. And, um, you know, he's a guy that's really climbing up the rankings. And, and a guy that, in some ways, he's, you know, he, he's got that, that pedigree of, like, Cliff, right? Good play, Corolla, good offensive mind. He's already interviewed twice with the Texans, who we believe are going to hire D'Amico Ryans. Um, he interviewed yeah. once with the Panthers, who did hire Frank Reich, and you know, he, he interviewed once with the Colts. So, don't know if he has any second interviews on the book, but it's an interesting name for the Cardinals to take a look at. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, of those three names, I think the one that will probably jump the most is Lou Anarumo, the, the defensive coordinator of the Bengals. Right. Even though their season is done, the work that he did, by and large, all season long, it was, frankly, I think, kind of a surprise that more people didn't want to talk to him. And maybe that's because they thought the Bengals' season was was going to go on longer than it did, but now that it's over, teams are free to talk to him, and of course, there's still, I mean, four, although really, I think three openings. You mentioned the D'Amico Ryan's thing, that that is expected to happen uh, maybe not today, but certainly by tomorrow, Wednesday at the latest, that the Niners defensive coordinator is going to get the Texans job. So it's really kind of down to three jobs right now, and and there, I, I, for as much talk as there was of the great job that Lou Anarumo was doing with the Bengals, I'm sort of surprised there wasn't a follow-up to that with more job interviews for him, right? More opportunities for him to kind of pitch what would make him a good head coach. So maybe he's kind of a last-minute guy that the Cardinals didn't think would be available to have a conversation. Either way, I think, Campbell, the fundamental question we kind of have to ask here is, is we're, we're now, what, 22 days post-Cliff? Are we okay? Not that we have any choice in it, but are we okay with this taking so long? Do we have any problems with this taking so long from the Cardinals' perspective? No. 
I mean, just as long as you hire the right guy. I mean, they said they were going to cast the net far and wide, and they have. They've, you know, they've interviewed a lot of guys. Now, to, the fascinating thing to me is you had Sean Payton in here for seven, eight hours. Uh, he leaves, and next thing you know, he's in Dallas, and you're, you're, you're coming out here with other names that you want to interview. I mean, to me, that really does signal that, you know, that they don't have interest in, you know, hiring Payton for whatever reason. Maybe it's the salary, or maybe it's the compensation. So I'd be really, you know, I'd be very surprised if they tracked back to Sean Payton because I think Payton's the type of guy like, you know, meet with them. If everything goes right, you you hire the guy. The fact that you're now moving on to other interviews, I don't know yeah. if that means you're past Sean Payton or not, but I think that just puts it, it makes it very, very hard to do. Adarumo's a Staten Island guy. Um, you he's you know he's a halftime adjustment guy. He's done a phenomenal job, you know, with what he's done. Switching over to four two five base defense, and you know he's able to take these top teams with these great quarterbacks and slow them down and give his offense a chance to win games. So, very very interesting name to bring him on for an interview, and uh, I want to see how that goes because that you know, and I'm glad, like I am happy that they're interviewing some of these because these. Teams have had success. These coordinators have had success. Why not? Why not speak to them? You're in no rush right now. You don't have to have a coach done by today. No, you, and, and I, I, answer, I asked that question, I think, knowing how you were going to answer it, because it was how I would have answered it, too. I, I don't care. I, I don't care that this is day 22. I don't care that this is one of the longest coaching searches. There really isn't any rush here. You, you, have, to, you have to get this thing right. I will, and we're going to talk very specifically about Sean Payton later, because, yeah, he made an appearance on Fox over the weekend and, and made some comments that were kind of vague. He made an appearance on Colin Cowherd's show today, in which he was not asked one question at all about his involvement in a coaching search, which a lot of people thought was interesting that it didn't even come up. I'll say this, though. Here's my alternative theory about Sean Payton. And while I would agree the fact that the Cardinals have added three more names would certainly on the surface suggest that maybe they've moved on from Payton, it could also be what's holding this up is that New Orleans is insisting on a certain package for Sean Payton and that the Cardinals are trying to convince them, oh, no, we're perfectly fine moving on. I mean, you can sit there and demand a first-round pick. We'll we'll move on. We'll we'll go hire somebody else. We we think your price is too expensive, and we really don't think that you're going to not take a free second rounder for nothing. Just to prove it to you, we'll go interview three other guys this week and just make you wait on it. That that was the only other thing I thought of that could be why you would add three more names to the list today after you spent eight hours talking with Sean Payton last week. Just yeah, thought. yeah. I mean, possibly, right? I mean, possibly. I don't think you want to waste anybody's time. These are really good names that you're into, interested in, in speaking to. Um, there are still four teams that haven't hired a coach. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, one has, but there are a lot of teams that, you know, they've gone through the interview process and had second interviews with guys and haven't hired anybody. So maybe it was kind of waiting till this week to... You know, to, to be able to interview a few more guys just to make sure, okay, I can't imagine that there's not going to be a flurry of hirings this week. I can't imagine that the four openings are not all going to be filled by Friday. I would think that they all are going to be filled by Friday. I would tend to think that you're right, but at this point, I'm not even sure what's going to happen. I, the one thing I saw over the weekend, this was from Jonathan Jones, the CBS NFL insider, who tweeted out, name that makes a lot of sense for the Cardinals' next head coach is Aaron Glenn, a former player who would bring leadership and accountability there. ASAP. It's all over the map. 
I, right? It's all over I, the I mean, map. If, yep. I, I, I saw another story over the weekend that suggested they wanted to talk to the Eagles defensive coordinator. Well, now they can't for another two weeks. I mean, it is it is truly a crapshoot at this point. I mean, in terms of the reporting and the direction and the lean, I, I mean, you, you can't garner anything from any of this stuff for certain, can you? No, I don't think we can because, you know, at, at, at some point, people thought it was going to be Dan Quinn. People thought it was going to be Frank Reich. People thought it was going to be Sean Payton. You know, um, I think there are people out there still think it's going to be Vance Joseph. You know, I'm not ruling Vance out at all. I'm not. That's four. Now somebody's saying it could be Aaron Glenn, five. Like, I mean, there's been a bunch of guys that have been in the mix that people have kind of leaned towards. Okay, this is going to be the guy. And that hasn't been the case. What it just goes to show you is we don't know. We, we We haven't heard from Monty Austin for it. You know, the only thing you have is a photo of, uh, you know, Cameron Cox hiding behind the bush, getting a photo of Michael Bitterwell and Sean Payton. I mean, great, great work by Cam. You know, we're up in the tree wherever he was, in the trunk of somebody's car, whatever he needed to do. What do you want, Cam? That's great. Shot, man. I mean, he doesn't. That's going above and beyond. That guy deserves a raise. Um, When we come back on the Burns and Campo show here at Arizona Sports, I know, right? Mikel Bridges and the Suns have overcome a lot this season. We started to see it pay dividends against San Antonio. What are we going to see tonight when they take on the Toronto Raptors with all the rumors swirling? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back here on the Burns and Gambo Show on this Monday. Hope everybody out there had a great weekend. And, of course, as always, we thank you for joining us on this Monday afternoon. We're going to be jumping all over the map today. We've got Cardinals, of course, in their coaching search. We've got the latest on Sean Payton. We've got the NFC and AFC Championship Games, the Super Bowl 57, coming right here in less than two weeks. going to be the Eagles versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, we've got Phoenix Suns basketball as well, which over the weekend... Saw just one game played by the guys in purple and orange, and it wasn't a pretty game, but it was effective. 31 points on the night for CP3, who will dribble it across the timeline, and that will do it. Suns win, 128-118, the final score in San Antonio. It's their first overtime victory of the season in four tries. They improved to 26-25 and with the win. Thank you, Mikel Bridges. And yeah. Gambo? It was, it was a hard game. I mean, it was a very, very difficult game for the Phoenix Suns. I mean, that, that 19-year-old rookie was unstoppable. He was defending everybody. Uh, Jeremy, so on. He so was on. Oh, my He's God. So he was so good. I mean, this is a team that's, you know, tied for the third worst record in the league. I mean, they're playing for, you know, for Wembayama. And they just had some guys just go off on, on the, on the Suns. Him and then Keldon Johnson was unbelievable as well. And they made this incredible you know, run in the in the four. I mean, the Suns were up eighty nine to seventy five, like early in the fourth quarter after Koji hit a couple of free throws. But then the Spurs came back. You know, Dario Biz Biz and both Lee's and Koji were on the court, so all bench guys. They made a run. Then Monty was like a first sub in Cam Johnson right after that BDA. Then right at the Chris Paul back at five forty nine, just trying to hold the Spurs off because they made this incredible run. I mean, Kelvin Johnson just kept basket after basket after basket. Basket, fast break layups and three pointers, and all of a sudden it's it's a one point game. You're like, oh, 
So they really had to struggle, and then obviously they tied it up. You go to overtime, but in overtime it was all Suns. They they but behind Mikhail and Chris Paul, they took control of that game and they won it. Yeah, Mikael Bridges was, I mean, he was tremendous. He was he was Devin Booker-like in overtime with whether it was a baseline jumper on the right side, baseline jumper on the left side, the go-go gadget arms going around Pirtle for the layup, the go-go gadget arms blocking a Sohan three. He was doing it offensively. He was doing it defensively. Chris Paul got into the act. He hit a bunch of uh, uh, free throws in the overtime period as well. Wasn't pretty. We're not going to make a huge deal out of a win over the Spurs other than you need to win games over the Spurs if you're going to get where you want to go, where every single win matters right now for this team. Chris Paul had 31. He seems to be back in his four games since his return. He's averaging about 22.5 points, about 11 assists per game. He's shooting a robust 55%, 56%. He looks to be back for the Phoenix Suns. How long that lasts, we'll see. How long he's able to stay fresh like this, we'll see. But he's played very, very well. Now fast forward to tonight's game against Toronto. We already know Devin Booker's been ruled out. He won't play. Uh, you've been reporting now for about a week that you expect him back at some point this week. I, did, I do, then, but, I, but then I heard this, but i got to put this out there. I did hear that they, I would not expect him back for tonight, for tonight or Wednesday. I think okay. we're going to push that timeline a little bit because what I was told was that they do want to have a ramp-up time for him. Book wants to play. He feels like he's ready to play. But there's going to be a ramp-up time. They're going to have to ramp him up, right? They don't want to just put him back out there. So I'm expecting about a five-day ramp-up. So I, I do not – I would rule out Monday and I would rule out Wednesday. There are four games this week. There's also games Friday and Saturday. So I do not expect tonight, I do not expect Wednesday, because I do think that from the time they feel like, okay, he's ready to go, what I'm hearing now is that there will be a ramp-up time of at least five days to ramp him up and get him ready to play. So um, so that would push it to either the, the, the final game of this week or maybe even into next week. It's coming soon, but I would not okay. expect it to be any of these first two games out home. I, I think it'll happen on the five-game road trip. Okay, yeah, that five-game road trip does start on Friday in Boston, I believe, so that might be the new kind of date to circle on this one. Tell you who else has been ruled out tonight for Toronto, and that's OG Ananobi. The whole league is looking at the Toronto Raptors. Now, they've won, I believe, three of their last four. OG Ananobi is going to miss tonight. He's out. He missed the last game with a wrist injury as well. The whole league is watching the Toronto Raptors to see what they do. And tonight, going into this game, The Raptors are 12th in the Eastern Conference. They're only a game out of the last play-in spot behind the Bulls, and only the Indiana Pacers separate those two. So they're not that far out, but they also haven't suffered a lot of crippling injuries this year. This has kind of been their team all year long, and they've just really failed, not like the Suns, you know, they've just failed to gain any traction. The trade deadline is one week from this Thursday, and I think For anybody looking to swing a big move, like a really big move at the deadline, it feels like a lot of the big move rumors circulate around Toronto. What are they going to do with Van Vliet? What are they going to do with OG Ananobi? What are they going to do with Pascal Siakam, if anything? What are they going to do with Gary Trent Jr.? And, of course, when you talk about big swing teams at the trade deadline, Gambo, a lot of people put the Suns in that category, not exactly sure you know, kind of what they're going to do. Now, we'll talk about the Jay stuff later. I don't want to ignore that. The, the Jay Crowder had 
has been given permission to speak with the Milwaukee Bucks by the Suns. He has spoken with the Milwaukee Bucks, according to reports. This might be something bigger than Jay. This, this, you know, Jay. It would require more than just Jay to get these things out of Toronto. So Jay might be a smaller, separate package. But the Raptors are a team to watch for the next week and a half because if you're going to cherry pick off anybody, feels like you're going to cherry pick off of them. Yeah, and I'm not ready to rule out. You know, a lot of the those guys. Um, you know, people are asking me about OG Ananobi, and I, I, I would say this: I don't expect that Gary Trent Jr. would be a guy. He's been a, a made available for trade, but I think. For a guy, you know, that's under contract, you know, next year at eighteen million dollars, uh, that's a player option. But eighteen million, I do not expect Gary Trent Jr. to be plays the same position as Devin Booker. That would be the one guy on Toronto that I would rule out. A lot of people asked me about him, but he's making seventeen million this year, so not even a trade for him. Him and Drake, Jay Crowder, straight up can't work. And then he's got an option for eighteen and a half million dollars next year. So. I would rule him out. I do not see Gary Trent Jr. being a guy that they would get. But as far as the big names go, like OG Ananobi, yeah, I mean, you have to... You have to think about that. You have to look at that if you're the Phoenix Suns and a guy like that becomes available because those are great players and those are players that, you know, you look at your draft capital and say, okay, I mean, if I could get that guy now, I would give up some draft capital for him. And that's what it would take. And that, now, correct me if I'm wrong. In the past, you've cast a lot of doubt on Fred Van Vliet as well in yes. terms of the Suns' interest in him. Yes, right? I don't I mean, believe not- that they would get Van Vliet. No. I do okay. not. I okay. do not see. I do not see Van Vliet. But I can't rule out the other guys. If Siakam becomes available, if Anunoby becomes available, you know, I'm not ruling those guys out. Some, um, you know, uh, there's been other players that have come up. We've ruled out a lot of players, but I have not ruled out those two top end Toronto. I will. You know, Gary Trent Jr. I've ruled out, and I I've said no to Van Vliet. That Van Vliet will not be an option for them. OG Ananobi, look, I know Van Fleet is the name, and everybody kind of gets... Look, folks, OG Ananobi would be a tremendous addition to the Phoenix Suns. I mean, just tremendous. He and Mikel would comprise two of the finest wing defenders in the NBA. Paired together, they could wreak havoc on teams. There's no question you're right. This is not a Jay Crowder and some matching salaries for OG Ananobi. You're going to have to... You are going to have to dip into your reserve of future first-round picks. You're going to have to make the choice to sacrifice those and not use those later in order to get an Ananobi now. That being said, you add an Ananobi to a healthy Phoenix Suns roster, I don't think it makes them the favorite. By no stretches, I think it makes them the favorite. But boy, is that the kind of shot in the arm this organization would be looking for to change up right. the equation but going I, into the playoffs. I mean, really, but at what cost? We, How much of your future flexibility are you giving up? And we've discussed that, and I've kind of gone over that. January 10th, we did a show on Tuesday, January 10th, and I kind of gave you some insight. Like, if you wanted to get Pascal Siakam from Toronto, you're talking about Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, and multiple draft picks. But I think there's a, you know, I, 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 I that's what you would have to give up. So I, I for you know, Siakam. For no, Siakam. Not, not Ananobi, no. for Siakam. For okay. Ananobi, you're talking draft picks, Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson. 
I think that's what it would take to get OG Ananobi. If you wanted to get OG, um, and I think if they move anyone, it's either Trent or OG. I don't think they're moving Siakam. I think they'll move Trent, but I don't think that Suns have interest in Trent. And OG, I think you have interest in him. But again, that's multiple draft picks. Jay Crowder, and probably have to give up Cam Johnson in order to get OG here. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Burrowhead? Yeah, not quite after yesterday's AFC title game. It was everything we thought it would be and more. Next on the Burns and Gambo show. The Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. We want to uh, wish our producer, Mitch, a speedy recovery. He is a little under the weather. We're, we're, we're taking it in the shorts right now, Gambo, here on the Burns and Gambo show. I'm working from home. Mitch is homesick right now. But Lauren's filling in, and Eric is with us. He hasn't gone anywhere yet. He's got our Twitter poll question of the day. What's going on, Rubes? Oh, uh, well, we've got a classic cross-poll question now. We're pulling from multiple different sports. This one from the brain of Dave Burns. What oh, happens first? The Cardinals hire a head coach, or Jay Crowder gets traded? Oh, man. <laughs> Cardinals hire a head coach. Only one of these has an actual deadline. That's true. Well, he could still not get traded at the deadline. That is also true. Oh, you gotta, you gotta understand. It might not happen. I mean, it, it's a small chance, but it might not happen. The Arizona Cardinals will hire a coach first before Jake gets traded. Yes. This one is really, really close. Way closer than How I thought it was going to be. Is it <laughs> at fifty point two percent? Leading by 0.4%. Is Cardinals hire a head coach before Jay Crowder gets traded at 49.8%? I mean, in theory... In theory, if the Cardinals really wanted to wait for some of those Eagles coaches, they might have to wait a couple more weeks before they're available to speak to them or hire them. So I guess in theory, you know, the Cardinals might not have a coach till after the Super Bowl, but I didn't think it was going to be that coach, that's or that close, I should say. You can find that poll question on the Burns and Gamble Twitter page. At Burns and Gamble, one word is where you can find it. Here's Mahomes rolling out on third and four. He's going to go for the... Yes, he's got the marker. He's finally out of bounds to stop it. And Osai was hurt as he hit the bench. And a flag's coming in to put him 15 yards closer. God, you I, know, I've never felt God so bad for an for, for putting me in a position where I immediately thought of you when that happened yesterday. Do you know that? The blame, I, the blame I, game. Yeah. The blame game. It's his as fault. As soon, it cost, it cost as, him. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as I saw that play, I'm like, I got I got Gambo in my head going, you know, yeah. there's always someone to blame. You got to blame that guy right there. Oh, That's oh, the guy you got to blame. You do. You blame him. He cost, his, he cost the Bengals chance to go to the Super Bowl. Just, I felt bad for him. I mean, after I the know. game, I mean, a guy was in tears. He was sitting by himself, and finally somebody came over and consoled Like, all the, the whole Bengals were in the locker room. I think one guy came out to console him. He was still sitting there. Look, he might still be sitting there if somebody didn't drag him off the bench. <laughs> be like, you know, hey, we got to turn the lights off. Like, he might still be sitting. He cost the Bengals. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You want to blame somebody, you blame him. I'm a big believer in blame. He cost him. It was a terrible, terrible mistake. Now, his teammates had his back. They stood up yeah. for him. They said there's so many plays in the game. But we know, watching that, if he doesn't hit him out of bounds, 
They got one, there's like one play left with no timeouts to try to get. They're not going to kick a field goal from that distance. They're not. No. Those extra 15 yards gave the Kansas City Chiefs the AFC championship. Now, I don't know what would have happened in overtime, but it would have went to overtime. And then who knows who would have won? But is there somebody to blame? Sure. Who's the Osai? It's his fault. I feel bad for him again. I mean, it's terrible. You feel bad for somebody when it's their fault for something. But yes, like he cost them. Yeah. Yeah. See, and ladies and gentlemen, that what you just heard right there, that last 45 seconds, that in my head on a loop all day yesterday uh, after that game was over. I mean, I just kept hearing that over and over again because I, I thought he's not wrong. I mean, it is, it's his fault. It, it's, it, there's, okay, we can point to this and we could point to, we could point to the greatness of Mahomes. We could point to the, the chances that Burroughs had with two and a half minutes to go in the game and they failed to deliver. We could talk about Chris Jones. But at the end of the day, if, I mean, that was a 45 five-yard field goal. Patrick Mahomes was pushed out at, what, the 42-yard line, right? I mean, so... Yes, he's not going to kick it it from there. He's not going to kick it from there. He's not going to kick it from there until you tack on the extra 15 yards, and maybe they run one more play, and maybe they get a little closer, but even then, you're probably looking at a field goal that was in the mid-50s, low-50s, makeable for a guy like Harrison Butker, but I did. I felt bad for the guy. I I saw some video today online. Linebacker Jermaine Pratt of of the Bengals was caught as he was walking into the Bengals locker room after that game. Why the bleep would you touch the quarterback? He's just kind yelling it yeah. as he walks into the locker yeah. room to no one of in course. particular right mm-hmm. you know and, yeah. and but they all said the right thing they all did the right thing i for as much as the game will be talked about with joseph osai man patrick mahomes he, it wasn't just the run it was that throw to marquez valdez scantling that was like smithsonian level art it was on that uh, that dart that he threw when he was on the move earlier in that game on that touchdown to MVS, it was it was just it was a work of art from Patrick Mahomes yesterday with the ankle injury mm-hmm. and all the losses he had suffered during that game. It was a very impressive performance by Mahomes. You know who's yesterday. an unsung hero that doesn't get any mm-hmm. any of the credit? Sky Moore. Oh, big time! I mean, that was an unbelievable the, the return. return. He returned to twenty nine yards. Yes, I mean yeah, he, he gives the Chiefs the ball at the forty seven yard line with forty one seconds left. So they were able to run a place. Pacheco ran for six yards. Then there was the incomplete pass. And then on third and four, Mahomes scrambles for the five yards, and you get the penalty from Osai. Sets up the winning field goal. But Sky Moore, I mean, a 29-yard return at that time, special teams doomed to the Bengals, too, okay? Osai gets a lot of the blame because, obviously, that put them in field goal range. But, man, a 29-yard return, seriously? And in that stage of a game, special teams failed Cincinnati big time right there. Yeah, no doubt about it. That that was, and of course, you know, the the penalty certainly didn't help either. Now there was nothing wrong at all with the Osai call. It was the absolute right call. But given that it was kind of the conclusion of what had been some really weird calls all day long. I, I mean, just the the do over on third down that was infuriating. The that was ridiculous. Um, that oh, it was, was it was ridiculous. It was awful. It was just complete, total butchering mismanagement by those referees who should never be allowed to work a postseason game ever again. You gave Kansas City a do-over? You gave them an extra down? The Eli Apple hold? Come on, man. Everybody does that on every single play. Come on. The Eli Apple hold? It was terrible. Was awful. The intentional grounding. You could clearly see Pirine. I mean, not in the area, but in the direction of the pass. And besides, those 
those balls that are thrown at the feet of offensive linemen, those are very rarely called intentional grounding as long as there's somebody in the general direction that he was throwing to. Yep. Jim Nance pointed that out during the replay of that. He's like, but what do you, what do you mean there's nobody in the area? Pirine's right there. He's right there. It seemed like they were favoring Kansas. It did. No, it did. I wanted, it seemed like they were favoring Kansas City. It, it felt like, you know, my God, how are all these calls are going against the Bengals? Really? That shouldn't have been intentional grounding. That shouldn't have been a hold. How do you give them a do-over? Like, there's no do-overs in football. No you don't get a do-over? No. What are we don't. doing here? Yeah. So it did feel yeah. like the refs were just really like in favor of Kansas City. That may not have been that way, but that's how it felt. It felt, and and again, there was nothing wrong with the call at the end. It was the very right call to make about Osai. There was no other call to make in that moment. It was just kind of the conclusion of what's been this story all day long. And, and then there was after the game, which was, uh, I mean, just so funny. Travis Kelsey, when he's doing his post game interview on CBS. CBS after the game had a message for the mayor of Cincinnati. I appreciate that. How about this beautiful trophy? Huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. <laughs> you gotta fight for your right to party. <laughs> Somewhere the rock is smiling that the jabroni just got put back into the lexicon of a modern I know. It's like last time somebody called somebody a jabroni was in the 80s. (laughs) You jabroni? You jabroni. I don't think I've heard jabroni since 1997. That's fantastic. What a reference. Know your role and shut your mouth. Shut your mouth, jabroni. I mean, since then, The Rock has made like 20 movies that have made $200 million each. That's how long ago that was. It's like The Rock doesn't even remember that he used to call people the Jabroni, right? That's, <laughs> right. That's great. How about That's that? That's great. So uh, congratulations to the Chiefs. They will be playing the Eagles 13 days right here in our backyard, State Farm Stadium, uh, here as we host Super Bowl 57. And we are looking forward to that. Do want to remind you, you can text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 when it comes to the Chiefs, to the Eagles, or anything when it comes to the NFL playoffs. But when we come back, we circle back to the Cardinals' coaching search, and specifically as it relates to Sean Payton. The Cardinals have stayed busy this week, reportedly scheduling more head coaching interviews. Does that close the door on Sean Payton, or are the Cardinals holding it open? We'll explain next on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Sean Payton. Update. 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 Yeah, I don't want to make it sound like a lot of people were doing this over the weekend. It was just a couple on social media. So, again, don't make make this out to be the biggest thing in the world. People were commenting on the color of Sean Payton's tie on Sunday. As if it were some sort of a smoke signal to the rest of us as to what job he had taken. Or what was job it like was orange or something? It was orange. So like it was a Broncos Tennessee Volunteers, baby. Oh. Yeah, right. Like, oh, oh, he's going to the Broncos. He's wearing an orange tie. 
And people are like, no, wait, is that a red tie? I can't really tell. Is the color on my TV off? I can't, I can't tell. Uh, yeah, that's, that's how far this has gotten. Sean Payton, uh, we are waiting. And while it might seem like it's done, perhaps it is done. Maybe we're just holding on to whatever shreds of wishful thinking we can that it's going to come here, or that he is going to come here. Sean Payton, watch, um, took a turn over the weekend. He made an appearance, as he's paid to do, on Fox's pregame show. And he said, look, the doors have not closed on coaching again this season. And I'll let him tell it in his own words when he was on Fox's pregame. You know what? They always say, be present right where you're at. And I like like hashtag all the way to the left next to you guys, and I really appreciate it. No, it's been a a busy week, a great week. We've had a chance to visit with a lot of great owners, a, a lot of outstanding organizations. They're obviously looking for a reboot. I think with the way the coaching hiring process has changed this year, we're seeing it play out a little longer for these clubs, and I think there's more pressure on uh, everyone who's covering it, and and I think it's a good thing because they're allowing teams to get to the right candidates. Uh, I think, Coach, real quick, can I interrupt? I think in the next week we're going to know a lot more. Coach won't have in the next week, but the doors are not closed yet. No, 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 no. I think there's, yeah, there's a, a handful of things that, that still are taking place for these coaches and myself. He was kind of meandering, right, and Peter Schrager, Coach, Coach, what the hell's going on with the yeah. coaching search? You, you, you going to take a job or not? What's going on? You're going to get a job and or no? Yeah, and that's that's what he said. He said, I think we're in the, in the next week. We're going to know a lot more. Uh, the doors are not closed. No, 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 no. There's a handful of things that are still taking place for these coaches and myself. Close quote. What, do you, what, 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 if anything, do we make of this? What do we make of the Sean Payton watch now? I think the amount of money he wants and the compensation I'd have to give up have just scared teams off. I mean, this is, a no, this is a no-brainer. You have a chance to win a Super Bowl-winning coach who's still in his prime that you can almost assure yourself that you're not going to have to fire him in two years. Like some of these coaches, and we said this the other day, some of these coaches that are being hired in this cycle right now are going to be gone in two years. You wouldn't fire Sean Payton in two years. Like, he's a winning coach. He knows how to build a win. But I just think that the price tag with having to give up the draft compensation and the amount of money he wants has just scared a lot of teams off. Because, I mean, honestly, I mean, you would think that whoever has a shot at Sean Payton would just hire him. Oh, I can get Sean Payton? Oh, you want to come here over everywhere else? Great, we'll hire you. He's not getting hired. He may still end up with a job, but crazy to me that that guy has not been hired. I mean, listen, compare him to everybody else that's out there. I mean, a lot of guys have you know no experience as a head coach. Some guys have a little bit of experience as a head coach, but not a lot of success. And then you got Sean Payton, Super Bowl winning coach, winning record, nine playoff wins. Like, come on. Like, how is that guy not getting hired? Why? Yeah. And, and if you think of it that way, for me, it, and it's just a guess. It's less about the money and more about the draft pick compensation. I, I that that to me is going to be the great. Like if it doesn't happen, if he doesn't take a job with anybody, that to me is going to be the great story that I hope gets told. At what point? What were the Saints asking for specifically? What were the Saints asking for? Uh, how close to their guns were they sticking with what they were asking for? How much did that impede teams from wanting to go after Sean Payton? Because I, I mean, look, money, money should not be an issue. For the Denver Broncos, all right. The the the, the Walmart family owns the Denver Broncos. That that should not be the problem for them. Now, does Michael have that kind of money? No, but Michael is also the owner of an NFL franchise. The the money. It's easy for me to say this without looking at his books, but I would think the money's there for Michael because he's an NFL owner as well. I 
got to think it's the draft pick compensation. i got to think it's the Saints saying, yep, we have got a commodity. We are sticking to our price. This is non-negotiable. We are not going to falter or wave from this at all. And I think that, more than because the money shouldn't be scaring the Denver Broncos off. That, that shouldn't be, right? I mean, that, that, that shouldn't scare them off. They've got more money than they know what to do with. I mean, is anybody sitting there saying, you know what, I really don't think this guy's a good coach? No. Nobody's sitting there. He's a leader. I mean, I don't think you, you know, unless you're worried about the power struggle, unless nobody wants to hire him because, you know, if you're a GM, like, how much control is he going to want? You know, if you're Monty Austin Ford, you just became the general manager. Your first time in your life, you're the general manager of the team. You got full control of the organization. Sean Payton comes in. Is he now dictating the draft and, and free agency? And, you know, you're just kind of doing what he wants to do? I mean, I, I mean, that's a fair question to ask. Yes, it is. You're Monty yes, Austinford. First time in your career you've earned a, a job as a GM. You want them to hire Sean Payton? Where, you know, I don't think Sean Payton, like, you know, you, you want the, you, you want to cook the meal, right? You want to do the groceries and cook the meal? That's Sean Payton. I want to do the groceries and I want to cook the meal. I don't know if a new, a first time GM like Monty Austinford would be on board with that. I don't know the answer to that. Like, you would think, oh, yeah, hire Sean Payton, but how much control is Sean Payton going to want? Forget about the compensation and the amount of money he would cost. Is he a guy that would come in there and, and would sit there and say, no, we're going to trade that pick. We're not going to keep it and draft a player. And you're the GM, and you're like, no, I want to draft a player. No, we're not doing that. We're gonna, like, yeah. So you got to find out like how much control would he have if he took over oh. an organization. I'm sure that's come up in every interview he's had so far. And, and, and I'm not going to be so callous to it and just say I don't care, but in some ways I don't. I, I mean, it's it's. Do, do you want a proven commodity or not? Do, do you want a guy who's taking a team to a Super Bowl or not? Do, do you want – I mean, they're, you, you don't get that guy for free, okay? Stuff like that doesn't come around very often for free. It's, it's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you draft picks. It's going to cost you power. And, and that's the – you know, if you really – what was it Fitz said – on Friday to our morning show, it's a no-brainer. He's the one guy. He's the one guy who can come in and give your organization that complete, different, fresh coat of paint. And, and while I'm not dismissing your concerns about power, certainly that's part of it. I, I, again, it just kind of all comes down to, do you want the absolute proven commodity, and are you willing to do what it takes to get said proven commodity? And if you're not, you're not. And and that's and that's what this come down comes down to. It. it I, I don't know what the holdup is, and I don't today. Today, Gary Payton, or Gary Payton, Sean Payton goes on um, Colin Cowherd's show, does a 30-minute interview with Colin Cowherd. Aaron Maloney listened to every single word of it from the midday show. Not once was he even asked about his coaching future. Not one time. They didn't even come up. Huh? They just talked about... Yeah, I, exactly, right? He's, he, he's on Colin Cowherd's show for a half hour. Colin doesn't ask him one question about the coaching search. Has Colin been asked not to ask Sean Payton about the coaching search by Sean Payton? If so, why? Because is he close to taking something? Does he not want anything to get messed up because he might something he regrets later? If he's gonna if he's gonna announce that he's just going back to Fox and he's decided not to take any job, I don't see why he wouldn't make that announcement on Colin's show or at least mention that on Colin's show. Not one question was asked and not one comment was made today by Sean Payton on Colin Cowherd's show about his coaching future. That is absolutely what the hell does that mean? 
I, I don't know. It's a terrible job by Colin. On the same show, we were talking about it a week ago. This how is do you, the guy that's been right. on the show. You, yeah, and if somebody asks you, like, hey, you can't say it, then you decline the interview. You know, we've declined interviews here. Like, if we can't ask you about something, we'll decline the interview. Like, if somebody says, you could have this guy, but you can't. Now, sometimes, like, if it's a, an investigation and you know they, they, they can't answer it, okay, that's fine. Or, you know, so there are certain investigations you know you can't answer because they can't answer it, that's fine. But if you can't ask a question, hey, we don't want you to ask about this, then, you know, we, we've done it before. We're not, we won't take the interview. Yeah. Now, I'm not yeah. going to take an interview if I can't ask questions. Starting next Monday, listen for your name every day to qualify for your chance to go. Super Bowl 57. Text the word SUPER to 620-620 to register. Then when you hear your name, call in within the time frame, and you could be headed to Super Bowl 57. You could also be headed to the following events, the FanDuel Party. The Bud Light Music Fest, the Super Bowl Experience. Text the word SUPER to 620-620. It's Arizona Sports All Access, and it is presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. So, we've been playing the waiting game for months now. Resolution could be near. Reports on Jay Crowder and the Bucks, and we'll dive into those next on the Burns and Gambo Show.